Oh, I heard myself a little bit. I'm going to turn down my volume. Um, and be quieter, I guess. I get that a lot in my classes and from people because I can't hear myself very well because the deaf thing. So I talk very loudly. At any rate, hi, everyone. It's Grace. Drobs underscore Boston. I'm here with my friend. Hey, it's Lauren, Boss Bruins HC. Kind of dead, kind of back at school, kind of crying about it. Yep. But it's yep. fine. It's, everything's fine. Everything's so good. I feel awesome. I don't want to cry at all. <laughs> I'm eating a nice bowl of SpaghettiOs. Um, getting ready for the Celtics to play and the Bruins to play. It's a Thursday night, by the way. So as always, our usual disclaimer that if we talk about something and something changes or whatever, we're sorry. It's We are very busy people and we only have so much time to record. So we chose today. So yep. as I eat my SpaghettiOs. Okay. As I listen to the sound of sirens in the background. Wonder what's happening in Worcester tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Man. All right, well, let's start with the big bad news off the bat, because I feel like then once we're past that, we can talk about other things. But we are absolutely not going to not talk about um, uh, that Rick West, um, Rick Westhead, sorry, Rick West, Rick Westhead um, from ESPN reported on Twitter um, that the Blackhawks organization, um, he, so he used the word asked I have to imagine they made a motion to dismiss the case, um, but said that they asked uh, a judge to dismiss a case that they had, um, which was the, the case in question is um, a negligence lawsuit filed by um, a former player who is remaining anonymous, um, who alleged that he was sexually assaulted uh, by the same individual whose name I'm not even going to fucking say. Um, uh, but the same individual who assaulted uh, Kyle Beach during the 2009-2010 uh, Stanley Cup uh, winning season for the Blackhawks. Um, and the contention, the reason they're, they're, they're citing for wanting it to be dismissed um, appears to be twofold. One is that it took him too long to make his claim. Um, I I don't know exactly where this case has been filed, if it's in state court um, and I, and if it is, I don't know Chicago's, you know, procedural rules about negligence actions or their statute of limitations on civil cases or things like that. So I, 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 I don't know that they're, I don't know. So I can't speculate on that. The other reason, um, is more legally based, um, which is their contention that when Jim Gary, who was then the team mental skills, uh, coach at the time, um, was informed by the anonymous individual who had been assaulted, uh, and Jim Gary responded that he should move on with his life. Um, and while the Blackhawks admit that that was insensitive and inappropriate, they argue it does not rise to the level of negligence um, because it was not ex- extreme or outrageous conduct. I'm so sick and tired of this team existing, number one. But of people making excuses for the new owners, um, you know, we saw them do it when uh, Davidson gave that that press conference about the Corey Perry thing. 
where their belief is that if they don't talk about things and they slide things under the rug, people will believe that they are a changed organization. Or if they make these certain public moves, people are going to believe they're a changed organization. They're not. They have advised their legal counsel clearly to make this motion, ask for this dismissal, because they don't want to face the consequences of it. And they believe their tiny little fine uh, is sufficient to make up for what happened. Um, I'm boiling with rage. Lauren, do you have any, any thoughts off the bat on this one? I think you said most of my thoughts, but I just think it's freaking ridiculous. I think it's so dumb how they just, they, they keep on coming out and they're like, we're, we're being public about these things because we want you to know that we've changed. We have a different, we have a different leadership. We have a different, you know, Every everybody at this point, it, most people are different at this point. Um, but despite that, that doesn't really matter. Like if you learn from who you learn from, and uh, clearly the apple has not fallen very far for the Chicago Blackhawks, who continue no. to pull these outrageous acts of just in disrespect for the people who they have harmed. And it's just ridiculous, and it's frustrating to continue to see that it it just keeps happening. They just fi- keep finding themselves at the center of all of these issues, and at nobody's fault but their own. Yeah, and and I mean, the the other part of it, like I said, that you see them making these these grand public gestures of how much they've changed and you know how they coughed up their fine and and they're they're getting all these new people in here and they they dealt with the Corey Perry situation swiftly and and professionally but then you see behind closed doors and in private that they're still trying to push what happened under the rug we don't know how many people were harmed by the individual who harmed Kyle Beach. And his bravery in stepping forward clearly has had an impact on people who are now willing to step forward and talk about it, as this anonymous individual is. But for us to pretend that these public shows are sufficient is silly. And it's the exact same thing I've always said about Patrick Kane, about Jonathan Taves, which is that they can clean up their image as much as they want. None of it will change what they did and the fact that they never faced real consequences for it. And to this day, they are still trying to evade consequences for it. Um, you know, I, I also like, you know, that you can't, uh, you can't ignore that in addition to um, it being reported, which is great, and I appreciate that Rick Westhead is sorry, it's in my eye, is taking the step, you know, in reporting about it because obviously there's a lot of blame to be cast upon um, the media, who at the time in 2009, 2010 did not do what they could have done or should have done uh, in Chicago in order to protect their team and help them win the Stanley Cup. So I appreciate that people are doing it now, but at the same time, you really don't see everybody acknowledging it. I mean, you don't see people who are fans of the organization stepping up and saying something that like, this is wrong and they don't stand for it. Or if you do, if, I mean, I'm sure some people have, I don't want to get flamed again by Blackhawks Twitter for saying that they're not doing enough. Um, 
and, and, and it's not that like, it's not as simple as not doing enough. It is actively continuing to push this narrative that this organization has changed. And if we aren't talking about it, if we aren't talking about how they haven't changed, how they're still causing very real harm to the people they harmed 13 years ago, you're doing a disservice to survivors everywhere. And that's why, I mean, Lauren and I knew we immediately wanted to talk about it. I am so angry. It's so disheartening. And so I want to also take the opportunity, like, to anyone who is listening and who has survived something terrible like this and like what this person experienced at the hands of the Blackhawks organization, this contention, you know, beyond legally whether or not this is a viable argument that is being made by the Blackhawks, I don't care. Um, What I want everybody to take away from this and to know from both Lauren and me very personally, it's never too late to talk about what happened. And more importantly, you never have to just move on with your life. If somebody has ever told you that or or tried to tell you that, um, they're wrong. And, and it's insensitive, disrespectful, and flippantly, just a flippant disregard to what survivors experience and, and victims of, of, you know, sexual violence have been through. And so really what I want to say is a huge fuck you to the Blackhawks organization, a big fuck you to anybody who's not talking about it. Fuck you to anybody who thinks that this was ever okay and that the NHL will somehow be better off if we sweep it under the rug. You suck. That's, yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah, and uh, to your point of talking about it, if you have any sort of platform anywhere, And if you're not talking about it, you are doing a disservice to the sport and to the people that the sport serves. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But there were some... Yeah, that's... What is that? The worst thing that happened? Oh, besides uh, Corey Perry. uh, That's... Oh, fucking... (laughs) Gotta keep fucking talking about these stupid fucking Chicago Blackhawks. Um, This Corey Perry thing... For those of you who have not heard the news, um, Corey Perry had a meeting with Gary Bettman in which apparently, purportedly, uh, a few people reported it. The one I saw was Emily Kaplan, that Corey Perry is allowed, that, that Gary Bettman was content with whatever their conversation entailed, and Corey Perry uh, can apparently come back. Uh, Emily Kaplan's specific report was that several teams are interested in him. And at least one, she said, is more deeply looking into whether there were other instances of whatever happened um, prior to the incident in Chicago that led to his contract being terminated by the Hawks. Lauren, I want to hear your, like, how comfortable are you with this idea of him coming back with none of us knowing what happened, just being told that it's nothing we have to worry about? Um, and that it didn't involve Connor Bedard's mom. That's that's the information we've been given. Um, I am not very comfortable with having him rejoin another team uh, once again with more. I just like without the transparency of knowing, I understand that we technically don't have to know what happened. And we know that it at some point allegedly had to do with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um but 
I just like they couldn't wait till next season and talk about yeah the, like like a fresh a flesh whoa flesh. whoa medical school whoa um like a clean slate i'm not even gonna try to say that word again um yeah i mean because so i have the same i'm of the same opinion with both the cory perry thing and the nikushkin thing which of course also got swept under the rug and forgotten about quote unquote forgotten about which is that if there is something that is serious enough for you to terminate a contract for the public to know that a woman was found unconscious in your hotel room. By the way, that's a reference to the Nakushin thing, not the Corey Perry thing. We don't know anything about that one. You have a duty, and this isn't like a legal duty. You have a duty as a as an organization, and by that I mean the NHL and also teams individually, to be very, very clear about what you did to investigate how you investigated it, and whether or not other individuals suffered harm. Because if you don't do those things, guess what? I'm going to assume you didn't investigate. I'm going to assume you didn't look into anything. And I'm going to assume that there's a victim out there that you are covering up because you don't want it to affect the looks of your organization. And again, that's very clear. Like, I don't believe that victims should be outed unless they they feel like they want to speak out about something that happened. But that doesn't mean that we can avoid, you know, saying that no one was harmed by this, uh, which they haven't even done. Like, again, with with the Blackhawks situation, they were completely moot about it. Only thing that they wanted to say was that it didn't involve Connor Bedard's mom and that it, uh, I said one other thing, is that it happened, they said it happened in Columbus. And... They wouldn't comment otherwise. And so, like, in addition to, first of all, it being very clear that you're not doing jack shit um, to assure your fan base that they're safe and welcome and that you don't stand for abhorrent behavior. But for Gary Bettman to turn around just a couple of months, I mean, it's January 11th now. The Corey Perry situation happened in November. Um, pretty sure it was late November, like after Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it it is really clear that you actually didn't do anything and you have whatever happened. Sure. Okay. It was bad enough for the Blackhawks to terminate him, but it's only bad enough that I'm going to let you go three months without playing in the NHL. And now you can come back. Um, and I have a feeling that whatever team Emily Kaplan was referencing, that's like digging to see if this incident happened before they're doing it to save face. So that if their name comes out as being one that was interested in this and we find out that what Corey Perry did was actually really bad, which it had to be, they can say at least they looked into it. I agree with you that not even waiting, even if they didn't actually do any investigating or Gary Bettman didn't have any real conversation about Corey Perry's progress. This creates the, at least it would create the illusion uh, for viewers. If you waited longer that you had actually done those things or that, or that if help, he got help. Right. Exactly. Like I, I just, it's so frustrating to be talking about these terrible things that people have done and us never learning from the past about how important it is to talk about the things while they're happening so that we don't find out about the harm down the road. 
And, you know, it does all go back to the Blackhawks, what happened with the Blackhawks in 2009 and 2010, that if people talked about it when they found out about it, I don't care if the Blackhawks didn't win the Stanley Cup, but guess what? So much harm could have been helped. You know, if the people that Kyle Beach and these anonymous victims reached out to had actually said something, had done something, if the media had reported on it when they found out about it, you could have protected so many people from harm. Um, and so, but here we are, we're doing it again. We're just supposed to trust the NHL. And I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, um, so whatever I, I, I'm going to be angry at whoever signs him if they don't report on what happened. Yeah. Learn I've heard that, uh, the Leafs are in on him. The Leafs wanting somebody terrible who's a bad person, not surprising. Tell me that you want to tell me the Red Wings are looking too. The Blackhawks are going to resign him. The Bruins, yeah, that's those are pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's it feels like it's been so repetitive. Like even just ever since we started this podcast, I remember before the season started, I asked you when you thought like the first like drama would occur and I feel like we didn't get very far I feel like we maybe got a week into the season uh because this league is incompetent they suck they fumble the bag every 10 fucking seconds on business grounds on moral grounds on every single fucking type of ground that exists (laughs) like I just can't (laughs) express it and I um well I don't know if you've seen how hard some people ride for Batman, but I put out uh <laughs> put out a tweet a while ago uh in response to somebody who said like we can't let women ruin hockey, and I put a put a picture of Gary Batman and I said women can't ruin hockey if this man already did, um it got some wild traction and. Uh, <laughs> People were not very happy with me. Who's uh, out here riding that hard for Gary Bettman? Like, no, some of them. Kidding me? Some of them were insane. Like, so someone said, "You're close. Women can only ruin hockey if weak men let it happen." What does that even <laughs> fucking mean? What the fuck does that mean? Someone said she has a valued point, as if I needed someone to sit there in my comment section and be like, "Yeah, you're right, girl." <laughs> Someone told me to watch the cooking channel. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean... I probably look, should. I don't know how to cook. Yeah, me either. I just made fucking SpaghettiOs. <laughs> I... What I will say is that, in general, when we're talking about these serious issues, a lot of people will use that... You know, like, if a woman talks about... uh you know, about a player's performance, strictly on the ice stuff, their opinion is stupid and bad because they're a woman and they don't know ball, they don't know hockey. And then the minute a woman talks about something that doesn't have to do with the ice and is important and matters a lot, okay, well, now not only are you too stupid to talk about ball, you are too soft to talk about ball. And so there's no Nothing a woman could possibly say about any topic in sports that a man is going to listen to and respect 
if they're a bad person. Obviously, there are good men out there who listen, respect, and are good to women. Unfortunately, not a lot of them are hockey fans. Um, Fortunately, they listen to our podcast, though. Fortunately, they did. The good they ones did. listen to it. Um, but, at any rate, um, we don't have to talk about that anymore because I'm fucking pissed. Um, but let's talk about another thing that had people calling me, had people uh, upset in my replies. Um, which, well, we'll start at the, the top of this, really, and move into the more specific details. General thing that happened. Cutter Gauthier. It could be Gauthier. I'm honestly not sure that I've ever heard his name pronounced out loud. I think it's Gauthier. That, that would make sense. It looks like Gauthier. But then again, I don't know. We Americanize names and stuff. But yeah. Cutter Gauthier who uh, is a 19-year-old, uh, was drafted by the Flyers in 2021? I want to say. Like could have been 22. Like pick number five or something. It could have been 2022, yeah. Um, he decided to leave. And we'll, we'll talk about the Jamie Drysdale thing, that in return from Anaheim, the Flyers got Jamie Drysdale. But the part of this story that's important is that Cutter Gauthier uh, is now being sent to... Anaheim. Um, in the immediate aftermath, well, Lauren, let, let's just start it. What are your thoughts on a kid? And everybody was really pissed that I called him a kid. First of all, if he's under 20, I still think of you as a kid. I don't care if legally, like, fucking, you, you, people getting angry about me calling him a kid as a 19 year old. Are you. Teen. 19. 19 like do you know the age of consent in every state because you're kind of sounding like you might um <laughs> so i think that that is still a kid they can't be held to the same standards as fully developed adults but lauren what are your thoughts whether it's as a kid or any player whether or not they should be obligated to play for the team that drafted them i don't think you should be obligated to do anything that you don't want to um I just, when I think about a 19-year-old, I think about me when I was 18 and they were telling me that I had to figure out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and uh, I had to pick a college, I had to pick a major and all this shit and I can't even imagine, like, you know what you're going to do, but you have to make a choice where you want to live for the, like, for a good period of your life. Um, especially if that's not somewhere you want to be. I was, I was trying to defend my own ass on Twitter and I was like so if you if, if they tell you you have to work here if you have a job and they say you're working here and you don't want to work here and you're able to find another job why wouldn't you find another job like it doesn't make any sense and I think that it's a very important skill for one to be able to advocate for themselves I don't know if the adv- advocation was the best on Gauthier's part, right. um, but still, I, I I do still think he is a kid who, regardless of all this, has been playing hockey his entire life. You know, you can't exactly like expect like the, like you're you're a thirty five year old dude on Twitter like talking shit about this nineteen year old kid. And you're thinking about the decisions you would make 
Meanwhile, yeah, of course you would make them. You're 35 fucking years old. Like, right. <laughs> like, like, of course you're not going to be thinking the same way as a 19-year-old kid. Um, so I think all power to him. I know people aren't going to like that, but it's just the way I feel. I don't think you should have to be anywhere you don't want to be. And I don't, I don't think I'd want someone playing for my team that didn't want to be there either because then how how hard are they really going to play so you know what like yeah 100 whatever happened was probably the best situation for both parties involved yeah and you know i will just reiterate what lauren said which is that you know this is not this is not to say necessarily that cutter gothier handled uh, you know his desire to leave in a way that was great um allegedly he like wouldn't respond to calls wouldn't answer them didn't go to development camp or whatever and you know i just i feel that it's so important to highlight that he's never played in the league before he's never had a job before he is the age that most kids are when they go to college at the University of Michigan, a great school, I met the dumbest 19-year-olds you will ever fucking imagine, and some of them were hockey players. You cannot expect those people to understand and be perfect and be perfectly mature about the way they handle things. That doesn't give you an excuse to act like this because guess what? You're the adult. You're an adult. You can treat this like an adult. He didn't. Okay. You know. Fine, just like we're saying, we can say it was handled immaturely. That's fine, you can do that. But, I mean, the harassment, the death threats, the acting like this guy pissed on your grandmother's grave is silly. It's silly, and everybody needs to calm down. The sillier part, if you will, the more egregious part, in my opinion, is that uh, some dick fuck who sucks some Philly fucking reporter decided to suggest, and I'm not even going to go look at his fucking name because I don't give a shit, decided to suggest that Kevin Hayes, who had been known to be serving as a mentor to Cutter Gauthier, Kevin Hayes, for those of you who don't know, now plays for the St. Louis Blues, originally played for, originally, I mean, originally played a lot of places, but most recently played for the Philadelphia Flyers um, and left this offseason after allegedly sort of having a beef relationship with the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, John Tortorella. This stupid bitch in their fucking column decides to suggest that Kevin Hayes influenced Cutter Gauthier's decision and basically told him, do not play in Philadelphia. And he used very explicit language, said he had insider sources, that Kevin Hayes had said this and was the reason that Cutter Gauthier was not going to play in Philadelphia. Lauren thoughts um it is such a wild statement to come out and say that you have all these sources to something that ends up just being blatantly false um and even like gothia himself uh i think it was during an interview came out and said that uh kevin hayes was not at fault for anything uh any decisions that he made uh, that Gauthier made himself, which is, like we said, he made a decision for himself. I mean, regardless, even if, like, someone came in and said, hey, 
that's not a great dude that you'd be playing under. Like that's very wide. That's kind of widely known information. Uh, it's it's pre- it's pretty widely known that Torts is very hard on his players, and I get that. You know, some players aren't good uh, playing under somebody like that. Um, so I under <laughs> I understand not wanting to play under a coach like Tortorella. Um, anyways, uh, the hate that Hayes was getting and the the bringing up his brother who unfortunately passed away a few years ago um, and all of the things that they said about him was just blatantly disrespectful and so out of pocket and just wrong. And I don't understand the, I don't understand how anybody has the ability to even think about that stuff. Um, Lesser to like send it to the person that you're talking about like that's absolutely insane um and that that, that kind of just if clearly Gothia had a reason for not wanting to play in philadelphia and i after seeing all this outrage think that he made the right decision yeah and and i'll, I'll tack on to that that for what it's worth, I think that in the aftermath of this, since he made this decision or that this became public that he was being traded, he's been very mature about it. He's faced it head on. He has addressed these concerns, these comments, these things that people in Philadelphia are saying, you know, and tried to the best of his ability without slandering Philadelphia. Um, and the brass there has tried to explain that he needed to make the best decision for him. He said, I need to step up for myself. Um, this was the right call for me. And so with people saying all this terrible stuff to Cutter, Gauthier, they also said this terrible stuff to Kevin Hayes. Um, People in Philly basically, I mean, just egregious, abhorrent things. Kevin Hayes, immediately after it happened, was like, that's bullshit. I did not do that. On multiple things, commented, like, I have to imagine, like, his agent was, like, panicking, like, they get on Instagram and he's already commented on this stuff and they're like, shit, fuck. Um, but he was very clear this was not true. Um, and it had never been part of his discussions with Cutter Gauthier that he should leave Philadelphia or whatever. Um, and But people were like sending Kevin Hayes death threats, threats to his family, making really gross comments about, for those of you who don't know, um, Kevin Hayes' brother, Jimmy Hayes, was also uh, an NHL player uh, and passed away several years ago um, after dealing with a uh, substance use disorder. Um, and that's, you know, Kevin Hayes has been very vocal about that and how it, you know, that experience impacted him and and how hard it has been, you know, playing without his brother and, and just, you know, existing without his brother. And people were, you know, just saying terrible things about that. But then, from the darkness, worst guy you know makes a good point. At his next press conference, uh, John Torrell immediately uh, said, who in here said this about Kevin Hayes? Who said that he was involved with the kid's decision? And I don't know this guy who I have to imagine is shitting his fucking pants, says, somehow confidently, um, me. I did. Okay. Um, 
And John Tortorella went off on him. If you guys haven't watched the video, I posted it. It's all over the place. Look up Torts. It'll come up. Um, and Torts basically just laid into him uh, and said that you can't do that. That's a terrible thing. You never should have said that. You're ruining a man's life. And and he very blatant, very bluntly said, you know, Kevin and I, Kevin Hayes and I had a problem. You know, we couldn't come to an agreement about things, but that is a good man. And I just think that that is, I said it in my tweet, it's it's integrity that this league is lacking, as we've been talking about for the past 30 minutes. You know, for somebody to say that you can not agree with somebody as a player, you can not, you know, like them as a coach or whatever. But Torts was the first person to say, that's a good man. He wouldn't do this. He didn't do this. Um, and it was really refreshing to see. Yeah, it was it was very nice to see because you don't really see that anymore. Um, and it was also pretty unexpected coming from him, especially um, the part where he mentioned that, you know, him and Hayes had have had problems in the past um, because that was pretty widely known, but I don't think it was very spoken about. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this kid made a decision to do what he wanted to do what he thought was best for himself and his family. He came out and he said exactly that. And you just have to respect it. Because no matter how much hate you put out there on the internet, it's only going to hurt people. Um, It only makes you look like an idiot. And he's not coming back. And you can boo him for the rest of your life. I don't care. They were booing him at the game that he... Well, it doesn't. He wasn't even playing in um, at the last Flyers game, obviously. Um, but boo him all you want. He's gone. Yeah, and you. And it's not. It's not like for nothing either. You got okay. So yeah, and then so let's talk about that. Let's talk about Jamie Drysdale. How everybody on Twitter lost their fucking mind. I'm gonna say what I've said a hundred times. Why do we care so much about this mediocre defenseman? this third-pairing defenseman at all. I don't know. I also don't think he's very cute. I don't care if you if you, if you you like a player because he's cute. That doesn't matter to me. But at least choose a cute player. No <laughs> offense to Jamie Drysdale. I'm sure he's a very nice young man. <laughs> Such an asshole. Uh, but Jamie Drysdale is now playing in Philadelphia. In his first game, he got an assist. So maybe I should stop talking shit. Um, <laughs> got an assist in his first game. Is wearing number nine, which is Ivan Provorov's former number for the Philadelphia Flyers. And his first game was on their Pride Night, which is the first Pride Night the Flyers have hosted since um, Ivan Provorov ruined the fun for everybody else. Lauren, thoughts on just the evenness of this trade with, with Jamie Drysdale going to Philadelphia, Cutter Gauthier, who's not yet playing, going to the Ducks? I, th- I think it's hard to say um, just because... Gauthier isn't an NHL player right now. Um, he does have a lot of, like, he, his chance to be a great player, I think, is pretty high, um, depending how, you know, his next few years of um, development go. Um, but Drysdale is good. I don't think, I don't think he's uh, 
mediocre defenseman. Uh, I think he's pretty solid. And, you know, the Flyers, they do need some help back there. Um, so I guess we'll have to see how even it is or if, you know, one team snubbed another. A, lo- a lot of people were going back and forth saying that the Flyers won, Anaheim won, whatever. Um, I don't really – I think it, I think in the future we will see that Anaheim won out on this, but I'm going to shut my mouth until it actually happens. Yeah, I mean, the Ducks are just – they have a lot of prospects who are really – um, good. I mean, Leo Carlson obviously is coming back from injury. Trevor Zegers is still very young. Mason McTavish is very good. Um, and now they have Cutter Gauthier. Oh, and another thing about the Ducks and their prospects, Will Francis. Oh, So while talking about Ducks and their prospects, Will Francis, who is a Duck prospect um, and currently plays for uh, the University of Minnesota Duluth, um, or, or had been playing for them, um, officially announced that he was cancer-free. He'd been dealing with that for a while. He was at another point cancer-free, but it came back, and um, he basically has been having treatment for it, um, but he announced the other day on the UMD social media that he was cancer-free, which is amazing and really exciting, a, a really good kid, and clearly has a very bright future ahead of him, wishing him nothing but the best. But he is one of many prospects that the Ducks have because they've sucked for several years and they still suck now. Um, So I don't really know. Um, It's going to be tough to say. I mean, you just never know with prospects how they're going to perform. Like I think the ducks lucked out with Leo Carlson. Um, He's been great. Other than when he got hurt, Uh, he was great enough that they decided to stop doing that stupid, like rest him every other game thing because they realized that he was really good and he didn't need it. Uh, Then he got hurt, but I don't think that was by way of, you know, them actually playing him. Um, So, yeah, I don't, I mean, it seemed, it, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did you see that uh, Zegers is out for six to eight weeks? So, so yes, we're going to talk about, I have a list of all of the injuries, just the most significant injuries that were on the injury report this, this. You mean um, every team ever? At, well, yeah, so I literally <laughs> only included, like, some of, like, only the significant ones. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the last note on that is people on the internet need to get a fucking grip. Not about the Jamie Drysdale thing. I don't care. You guys can be upset about that. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> um, but get a fucking grip when you don't like something a player does and you're pissed at them. This is a pretty even trade. All right, Flyers, you've got Jamie Drysdale. You don't know how good Cutter Gauthier would have been. And more importantly, you really don't know how good he would have been if he didn't want to be there. Um, God, I'm watching the Celtics get smoked by the Bucks right now. Um, so, at any rate, the injury report is a lengthy one for all the teams. But I'll just go through the, the really significant ones that I, you know, picked out. So, Zegris uh, is on the injured reserve. Very recently came out that he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. Um, rip to the Ducks, as usual. Um... Brandon Carlo was recently placed on the injured reserve, which will likely keep him out for six to eight weeks with an undisclosed injury. Really hope it's not a head. Um, sorry, just readjusting. Uh, given Carlo's uh, history of serious head injuries, um, 
uh, the big one that I probably should have headlined this with was Connor Bedard, who I know last week we had talked about had just gotten hurt in the game. Um, they had not yet announced at that point. I think by the time the episode dropped, they had, but not when we were recording it, that he had broken his jaw um, and had to get surgery for that, which just sounds miserable. I mean, first of all, like feel terrible for this poor kid. Uh, I feel bad for anybody who had to get like a massive surgery. Um, but he had to get surgery. He'll be out for six to eight weeks. Uh, and if I'm the Blackhawks, actually, I never want to be the Blackhawks. But if I'm any team, I don't want to rush back, you know, the development of the, the health of my very young star. Um, even though they, I mean, the season was a wash anyway. So I think that they got to just take this and see it as a, if you go and look at the injury report, though, on the Blackhawks, I mean, it's brutal. You know, Seth Jones, Nick Foligno, Taylor Hall, obviously, has been out forever. Uh, just everybody. Um, so, but beyond that one, Minnesota is just a shit show. Um, I've been seeing it all over Twitter, and it is confirmed by the injury report. I'll just leave it at that. I'm actually going to see Minnesota play the Carolina Hurricanes on the 21st with a friend of Twitter, friend on Twitter of ours. Um, and I'm going to wear my, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wear my Charlie Coyle Bruins jersey because that I feel like is as close as I am willing to get, but I need people to know that I'm not cheering for the Canes. I'm definitely not cheering for the Canes. So I'm going to be that douchey person that wears a team's jersey that isn't actually playing there, but at least nice. I, at least I'm choosing a player that has played for the wild. Um, the Devils are also a shit show. Not even going to touch that. Um, <laughs> Vegas is also kind of a shit show, but oddly enough, there's no one really significant missing. Like while they had a lot of injuries, they're mostly fourth line players that that haven't played a big role. Um, so they're pretty okay. Um, and then the one that I'm sure Lauren wants to talk about, Joseph Wall, is still out right now, but is expected to travel with the team on their next road trip. Um, as soon as next week. So, a lot of people hurt right now, which you hate to see. Um, Lauren, thoughts? Um, I like how you just went over the fact that Aiden Hill is still injured, but whatever. Um, I was including him in the not very important people of Vegas. Pretty, pretty big part of the team, but whatever. And Logan um, Thompson's hurt too, so... <laughs> Fuck the goalie situation well, in Vegas. Yeah. Well, uh, we uh, have bus. Bus has returned. Uh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be note. talking shit. Yeah. Uh, By the way, <laughs> the, the one thing that you all notice is absent from this injury report was Linus Allmark and Matthew Patra, who, because there is a God, and I praise him every day, mm-hmm. uh, Linus Allmark and Matthew Patra are both day-to-day. If you guys were watching the Bruins game when Linus Olmark got hurt, it looked way worse. Um, I'd never seen him in that much pain before. Um, he could not put any weight on his leg, get, being helped off the ice, um, virtually being carried off um, by his teammates. Uh, but crisis averted. Bussy will be packing up Swayman tonight. Yeah. So, Lord, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are other injuries, by the way, on. but I just I didn't include the ones that I didn't think were that important. So sorry if your favorite player didn't get a mention. <laughs> Maybe he should stay healthy, or or be relevant. So I care about him. Oh my god! 
God. You can't say stuff like that, Grace. God. Um, what are you going to do? Cancel me? Yeah. There's nothing you can say to me that I haven't said six inches from the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> me tweeting the other night. Anyway, so. Oh, that is so. There's so much to unpack there, but we're not going to unpack it. Um. <laughs> All right. So I will give one good injury news. Believe it or not, there's such thing, which is that today photos were released of Landeskog, who plays for the Avs, skating again, which is his first time, as far as we know, skating after he had a cartilage replacement in his knee, um, which I know I saw an article about, like, that's an injury we really have never seen anybody attempt to come back from. Honestly, I think it's just an injury we haven't seen because he, you know, he originally yeah. tore something, had surgery, came back, tore it again. And then had the, the cartilage replacement. Um, and that's how we ended up here. So I think, I'm not saying that like it can't be done. I think he's going to do it because he's determined and a good player and is taking very good care of it. It's just that I don't think it's something we have seen um, happen a lot. Um, but he is skating for the first time. He looked very happy to be out there, um, which was really cute. Um, so, Yeah. Lauren, you want to just say like, hey, yeah, go let us go. Or you just sit there. Hey, yeah, go let us go. Fuck you. All right. The other injury news that I did not include, but I feel like is significant to mention, is that the Jets are still missing Kyle Connor, who was their best player uh, prior to him getting hurt uh, this season. And I must say, I'm already scared of the Jets. I'm going to be a million times more scared of the Jets. Uh, when Kyle Connor returns next month, I think like the sixth, he's expected back, um, assuming he is healthy. I don't, I don't know how they're a scary team, but they are. They are. I mean, hell of a. I, I don't. Yeah. Period. Yeah, Nikolai Ehlers, Adam Lowry, fine, but that's not a that's not a sure. top two team, and yet they are. They are. That's a that's a top two team in the NHL right now. Whatever. Um, uh, Nylander re-signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, for an eight-year, $92 million contract, dashing the dreams of anyone who hoped to see him in a Bruins sweater or any other sweater for that matter. Um, Lauren, thoughts? Um, I, I don't have any thoughts. I just have questions. And by question, I mean one <laughs> question. And the question is how. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to look at their um cap friendly. I haven't looked at this. I I've been meaning to. I've totally notorious long term injured reserve to circumvent the cap <laughs> situation. Toronto Maple Leafs. This is uh, not news. I wonder how Matt Murray is doing. Lauren, how's that cap space looking? <laughs> Depends how much it goes up. Oh. Brother, <laughs> they're using a lot of LTIR. That's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to make this work because they need, like, I don't know, other people on the team, theoretically. That is kind of how, you know, you run things. So, yeah. Um, it's not my team. It's not my problem, first of all. Not my circus, not my monkeys. 
it is not my circus and it is not my monkeys. Um, but it does seem like it's a lot of money. I'm not going to sit here, as some people are doing, and say that it was an overpayment. I do think that William Nylander is worth that much. I do too. I just didn't know that the Leafs had the money to do it. When we were all sort of speculating about what would happen, there was a lot of speculation that he would take sort of a pay cut in order to remain with the Leafs. I don't know how many people seriously thought he would leave the Leafs. I don't know. I had no idea. Um, But he seemed happy there and is, you know, clearly happy enough to stay for this long. But then again, if somebody offered me that $92 million over eight years, I'd fucking stay wherever you want me to stay. You could keep me in a shed. My thing with them is, so next year... Both their goalies are UFAs. Well, when I talk about both their goalies, I mean Martin Jones and uh, Samsonov. And Wall is going to be a RFA in 2025. So theoretically, Wall is probably going to be expecting a pretty large increase if he's taking over a starting role for this team. Um, So I hope they uh, know how to do math because... uh, I know how to do math, and it doesn't look great. But what do I know? What do I know? Somebody, people on Twitter were all two. like, "People on Twitter were all like, you know, you want me to be worried about the like Leafs fans? Like, you want me to worry, be worried about the Leafs cap situation? I'm not. It's not my problem. Um, and that's <laughs> that's true. It's not. So Leafs are gonna yeah, leave. Yeah. Do whatever you want. If it costs you down the line, we'll talk about that too. But right now, you're fine." You're fucking second or third in the Atlantic. Um, and you look pretty good. Better than you have in the past. <laughs> someone someone edited the lyrics to uh, Say Don't Go, Taylor, Taylor Swift. And I just changed it to, I said, Jamie Drysdale, barking video, you say nothing back. I know, everybody wants the Jamie Drysdale barking video. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, because I guess for those of you who don't know the Flyers, you know I talk to the Void when we're doing these. Like I, I refer to people who aren't on Twitter because I assume we have listeners who aren't on Twitter. Um, but I really don't know that we do besides my mother. So maybe this is all, all these things that I say as an aside, um, because I assume people who who are with us from Twitter see this stuff because it's all over Twitter and we're all on hockey Twitter. Uh, but. Regardless, um, the Celtics are down by 31. Jesus oh, Christ. Right, just start uh, just start hitting three-pointers, you know? Great. You want to start a basketball podcast? That was astute. Uh, <laughs> you but- know, did I tell you that I was the only girl on my middle school team that could hit a three? Wow, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a shame that I had to pick between basketball and hockey because I was a uh, basketball genius. Yeah, you'd be in the WNBA right now. Yeah, I would be. So, but going moving on, we'll cut all that shit out. From what? Um, <laughs> moving on from the Nylander thing, uh, something I don't really want to spend a whole lot of time on because it will be moot. Um, by the time that y'all listen to this, because the all-star, uh, the final 12 all-star players who were voted in or, you know, tweeted in, whatever. 
um, are going to be announced on Saturday. Half of them of in, in the game in the middle of the day, like an intermission of, uh, I forget who's playing the early morning and then, or not early morning, but in the afternoon. And then there's a night game and the other half will be announced. Um, but just to give a little highlight uh, that I think is funny. Lauren, without looking it up, who do you think of all the players is the highest fan vote getter? Don't look. Um, just based on what you've seen, you know. I haven't. Se- I haven't seen much at all. I've seen a lot of people. I, I actually. I, I actually muted. I muted oh, that word, like all star vote or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I haven't seen very much. Uh. Like Luke Hughes. No. Um. Let me give you a hint. He's a friend of the pod. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Beer? That guy? Nope. Wait. That'd be hilarious. It oh, is who you think it is. Yep. Really? He is the highest vote getter with all like votes? 770 of all players. Not just not just goalies, not just in the West. All players. Thatcher Demko. I think his mom is about a thousand of them. <laughs> Did, wait, wait. Did you see um oh who was it? Was it was it the Hughes's mom who was like posting all star things but not using the hashtag and everybody was like, You need to use the hashtag. You need that's to use hilarious. The hashtag. That's funny. <laughs> um I did see her tweet I did see Ellen Hughes tweet something like voting for them, but that that's that's really interesting because like I, I don't wanna demean him in any way, but I feel like he has I've already done that enough. Yeah, we we have. I feel like he has like. I don't know. When I think about goalies, who people would think about, and I'm talking about people who don't normally pay attention to um, the Canucks or anybody within the division. Um, I forget they're there half the time. Middle yeah, that's that's nowhere. also extremely Sorry valid. To Vancouver people. I, I just don't usually think that like. Thatcher Demko is going to be the goalie that you think of like for like you know how you know how people think of like you say goalies and someone will say Vasilevsky you know like something like that um not to say yeah 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 yeah. um so I think it's very interesting to see how many people I guess maybe I didn't know how many people knew of him um not to say knew of him but like treated him uh with in the way that like i feel reverence yeah 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 thank you thank you for words um i don't know that was just really interesting i mean i do think he should be going um but i don't because they already have three goalies from the west but apparently it's four okay fine apparently throw him in there throw him in there and then he's probably gonna go too Swayman, I think, will go, which I would rather he not at this point in time. I'd rather him take a one-game saucy. <laughs> yeah, actually, he should do something outrageous to get out of it. I know Connor Bedard somehow oh. snuck his way out. Now I don't know who the <laughs> fuck you take from the Blackhawks. Because <laughs> they're all hurt, first of all, and they all suck. Corey Perry, want to bring him back on and you can send his ass to the All-Star game as punishment? Um... Christ. But yeah, I so like I said, we won't we'll, we don't know right now. We will know by the time this drops. So 
But all in all, what I've learned from this vote is that it's a big fuck grace to my original contention. Well, for the he is like the outlier. It's not as much of a fuck grace in if you look at the other top vote getters, but uh, it's a fuck grace when I said that it's always going to be the ones who get the most votes are going to be the people from the biggest markets. Not that Vancouver doesn't have a great hockey market. It's just not as big as other places. Um, so I'm very surprised. Um, but I Do will you tell think... you just... God. Sorry. Um, let's say Quinn Hughes is not a Hughes brother. Do you think okay. that Vancouver has the amount of online presence this year if it's not let's say there's they have somebody else but it's not a huge brother because i feel i do feel like having the two other brothers now in the league is kind of like increasing his stock yeah if i could say that no 100 percent. so and and you know because i do feel like of now that a lot of the voting is on Twitter, um, because I know like I think yesterday or today was like retweet and it's double the votes or whatever. Um, like is that alienating a certain group of people from voting the way that they normally might vote and like mm. increasing the amount of like influencing, who- yeah. Yeah, yeah, influencing who actually does get a say. Like, I'd be curious to see if that's a thing. Yeah. Um, I I do think that, you know, we kind of touched on it last week. We were talking about, you know, whether or not, whether we want the All-Star game even to be the best players or do we want it to be the people that are the most entertaining, you know, Mm -hmm. throw both Kachuk brothers, even though only one is going right now. Um, you throw the three Hughes brothers. Um, excuse me. But, like, I think it's crazy. I mean, I think Luke Hughes is going to find a way to go, even mm-hmm. though he's not currently in the top vote-getters or skaters. Um, the uh, other, for what it's worth, the other goalies who with the highest number of votes. So Thatcher Demko is 788,000, which... I want to just throw out there is 44,000 more votes than the next highest vote getter for any position. And that's William Nylander. Mm, well, that's crazy. To me. Um, but at any rate, the other goalies, um, Bobrovsky, um, Swayman and Gorgiev. Who, at the time, coincidentally enough, that this was published, which was a couple days ago now, um, was only 39 votes ahead of Linus Olmark in the voting. Um, It would be crazy if they sent two goalies from the same team, first of all. That'd be hilarious. I don't think that that has ever happened before. I can't imagine it, because I don't think we've ever seen the type of duo that Swayman and Olmark have been. Um... But that would be weird. Um, But yeah, so like I said, we're going to know. The people that we had noted uh, last week as like potentially potential snubs, you know, we were talking about Quinn Hughes, um, Elias Pettersson. uh, He's also in the top eight. (laughs) Look at the way I'm sitting right now. Why am I doing this? Um, (laughs) uh, 
Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser is up there, as well as JT Miller, who I'm sorry for leaving out last week, has also as uh, sixth in the voting. Um, and he's obviously very good for the Canucks. Um, but that will all be announced, so who knows? Maybe things have changed a lot. People have been riding pretty hard for Joey Decord, for example, on Twitter. <laughs> um, and so who knows? We're going to find out, and you guys can look back and laugh at us or clap your hands because we were right. I've never been wrong. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. But um, I think if 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 the NHL really wants to get me to watch, which I'm sure that they do, they need to put the goalies, me, me, yes, just me, they need to put the goalies in like a, a 5v5 situation and have that be the entire game. Like the goalies are the skaters? Yes. Yes, that and the would skaters be are the goalies. Um, because uh, when I used to go to goalie camp, um, the last day of goalie camp, we would play goalie hockey. And goalie hockey is exactly normal hockey, just the goalies are not goalies. The goalies are... Well, there's one. there's two goalies that are goalies. But all the other goalies are regular players. And yep. it is like the most bizarre type of hockey that you could ever see. Uh, we also It'd played on the mini rink, which was uh, especially funny because uh, you know the zone is half the size, and um, you know we're shooting on other goalies, and sometimes people are scoring, and also like goalies have some sick shots. Like, come on! Hey, we uh, watched Linus Olmark score a nice goal. Exactly. So all I'm and saying, and we saw who was it? Oh, it wasn't I? Don't think it was Nedeljkovic because there was another goalie goal this year. I forget who it was. Jari. But his was pretty. Oh, it was Jari. I knew it was a Penguin. Yeah. Um, his was cool too, for what it's worth. So, hey, I would love to Get see him it in happen. there. I doubt they would ever do that, and they would they would they say should. it's to protect the goalies. I don't care. Just oh, kidding. we checked and everything. That was so fun. Yeah. See, they, probably they wouldn't be cool with that. Dude, um, I I got checked in the boards by like a bunch of six foot kids. I was fine. But at any rate, I believe those are all the topics that we wanted to hit on. Um, but let's just briefly before we go to some questions from people, let's take a gander at the current standings. Or you know what? Better yet, let's take a little second because I know it's not a Bruins pod, but we're Bruins fans and we know we have a lot of Bruins listeners. The Bruins are Bruinsing. Lauren, thoughts on the recent we've had two straight games yet again go to overtime. The Coyotes one obviously ended a lot worse because of Linus Olmark getting hurt badly and when we didn't know his status and Matthew Potter left earlier in the game with the injury. Um, and then in the Avs game we had lost Carlo. Or did we lose Carlo the game before that? I can't remember. No, because the game before that was the one that we were at. And yeah, I don't remember no. Um... But now tonight, we play the Vegas Golden Knights, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. If I had to put into words how I'm feeling eloquently, uh, it would be not good. It'd be piss poor. Um, My eloquent Lauren, words would be unwell. 
Unwell, yes. So, Lauren, what have you been thinking about the Bruins? How have you been feeling? We finally broke our streak of going to overtime all the fucking time, and we're right back in it now. I lost um, to the Avs in a shootout, and we got to talk about the Pasternak thing, too. But just in general, Bruins thoughts. Uh, they need to send us to more games because I that, that was that like one of their that was like their better game in a very long time. I, I think you you all need to Venmo me to go because I will say this. It's just so the other uh, last night I went to see UNC play NC State at PNC Arena, uh, where because we won. I've never seen my team lose at PNC Arena, so if you want my team to win, i.e. the Bruins, when they come to PNC, you all better pay for me to get tickets. I'm gonna get a ticket anyway, but um, <laughs> gonna do it anyway. I might. I'm, I'm gonna, I be, like, up in Buff- I'm gonna uh, be up in Buffalo for a moot court competition. Um, I'm gonna see if I can snag a ticket and ask my um, moot court partner if he wants to go uh, to a, a Sabers game, which I can't imagine is terribly expensive. Your what partner? My moot court partner. What is that? Uh, it's, it's appellate advocacy. So, uh, like, if somebody makes if somebody appeals a decision by a judge. Uh, an advocate, a lawyer will argue for whatever reason. So we basically, we have a case that we get and a problem, like a, a certain issue that we appeal. We write a brief ahead of time and then we go and we compete um, and are questioned basically by the judge and give answers. So it's like, okay. a, it's like an oral argument type competition. I'm um, not going to lie. I thought this was some type of like new sports fad. Uh, of course. <laughs> I was like, court. <laughs> no, it's it's like an actual courtroom. Um, <laughs> but oh, God. Anyway, so but if you guys want me to, I've I've seen the Bruins win there against the Canes. All the games I've been to, watched the Bruins beat the Canes. I watched uh, UNC hockey beat NC State hockey there, and then I just watched UNC basketball beat NC State basketball. Um, the last but, five yeah. games that I've been to, um, no, 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 not the last five. The last three games I've been to for the Bruins, I, um, they've they've outscored their opponent twenty to five. That's a lot. I mean, what was the score? What was the score of our game? Was it fucking it seven seven to three? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's us. I think, I think that we should just go to every game. I'm gonna drop out of school. All I'm saying is when I when I went to uh, the game last year, uh, the Bruins were up in the series. So that is true. And then what happened? I'm just kidding. Um, I wasn't there, so I don't I don't know. I don't remember. True, those games didn't happen. <laughs> they um, didn't send me. It didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about a big, hot topic on Twitter. Uh, after the Avs game, which I didn't get to watch. Hey, everybody! 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 Do you guys know what happened this week? Do you know why I couldn't watch the Avs game? Because you know what I was watching? I was watching the University of Michigan win the national championship in college football. National... Oh, you should have seen today in class. This is, this is just a stupid story. But so on brand. Everybody... It was hilarious. So I'm very well known as the girl who went to Michigan. I talk about it all the time. And so for the past few days, I've been wearing different Michigan sweatshirts and Michigan clothes because I want people to notice it and say something to me about the game. And I've gotten a lot of it. 
I have a long class this evening from 4.15 to 6.15. We take a break in the middle. We leave, come back to my seat. And before she starts, she says, but you know, before we start, I just, you, you who's having a conversation and she points to the girl who's in the row in front of me talking to the girl next to her, you in the, in the Michigan sweatshirt. And I love this professor. She goes, you, you there talking, just going to interrupt for a second. You're wearing a Michigan sweatshirt. Everybody without fail in this classroom turns and looks at me. They don't know who she's pointing at. They turn and look at me. I guess the girl in front of me was wearing a Michigan sweatshirt. I'm wearing my Michigan sweatshirt. Everybody looks at me and everybody's like laughing and the professor clearly doesn't get it. And it's not until like a half hour later when she's in the middle of a lecture, I see her eyes fall on me and she goes, oh, another Michigan sweatshirt. Yeah, that's my fucking brand. Anyway, um, but I missed the Avs game. And I just watched the highlights afterwards, obviously. And Lauren, can you talk to me a little bit about what people, what people were so pissed about after that game, which went to a show? Um, absolutely nothing, Grace. Um, no, they were pissed, Lauren. <laughs> I saw it. No, they were pissed about absolutely nothing. Um, so it was not David Pasternak's finest game. I will be the first one to say that. Um, but, you know, they are... They go to a shootout against the Avalanche, one of the best teams in the league. Um, and I, I thought it was a pretty strong team game. Um, and but just it wasn't Pasta's night, and that happens. It's fine. So he goes in on the shootout on a breakaway, I guess theoretically, and. I mean, aren't they all break? Aren't they all breakaways? They, they are that, all breakaways. That was a weird take. Theoretically, um, but he's not breaking away from anything. So, is it technically a breakaway? I digress. Um. So he goes to do. Everybody, if you've watched him in the shootout before, knows that move. He takes it back a little bit, tries to hide it from the goalie. And he does, it's it's kind of known as like a quote-unquote slingshot move. It's really hard to stop um, when, you're, when you're accurate with it. And he didn't get enough on it. And he ended up, well, I think he was trying to trick, um, who was playing that night? Jordy? I think he was trying to trick him into... Because obviously they watch they watch tape usually when like like when when I would when I would play we'd watch tape of um, any uh, shootout from the team that we were playing just in case you know you 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 always know who they're gonna go to and Pashnak went to pretend to do he was gonna do a slingshot move and he thought he had an opening in the five hole uh, he didn't. And it just went five hole right off of the goalie's pads and back out. And he still had to make a like Gorgiev was on. He was on like yeah. it was a good. He yeah. was great in the shootout. Um, He's a good goalie. I don't know what we're talking about. It, it was Lord, like why were people mad about that? Because they said it looked lazy, and I understand like. It doesn't look like a great move. Um, everybody was saying that, you know, my my grandma could 
could pull off a better shot than that. Uh, no, she couldn't. I was about to say, no, she could Neither not. Neither could your grandpa. Um, Neither could you. <laughs> <laughs> Neither could I. Um, that's a lot of lights. Sorry. Ruh -ruh. Too distracting. Too distracting. I need, I really need to start closing my curtain when we record. Because there's so much going on outside. And it's so distracting. Um, but yeah, it didn't look like the greatest shot attempt. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe maybe he should have seen, you know, that Georgiev wasn't going to open, you know, five hole. But in a shootout, which is a skills competition between the best two teams or two of the best two teams in the league, it's like to, to be upset over that is preposterous because he didn't lose you that game. Like they went to a shootout. You like play, players go into the shootout and you, they show you the, their shootout stats. They're like all time stats. And most of the time their 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 shootout stats are like between like 20 and 30%. Cause you, you don't always score on a shootout. Like, duh. Um, but anyways, duh. duh. Hello. Yeah. We ever I mean, a hockey game before? And people are look, we've talked about it. We'll always talk about it. I'm gonna talk about the fucking shootout till I'm blue in the face. I think I don't know if I tweeted this or if I just thought about tweeting it. That my idea is that we eliminate the shootout entirely. And instead, if it's still tied at the end of an overtime, both teams just get one point. We leave it at that. That's my that's my opinion, Gary Bettman. If you want to steal that, I'll let you, and then I'll sue you. I'm just kidding, um, because I just don't like the shootout. I don't think it's a way to like it's it's you're already making the differentiation between two points for a win and one point for a loss in overtime or a shootout. It's just silly. But more importantly, referring specifically to the Bruins, those are our three best penalty shooters. David Pasternak hadn't missed a penalty hadn't missed a, a penalty shot um, or a, a shot in a shootout. That's my nose. Um, in the whole season prior to this happening. And Charlie Coyle is one of the best uh, performers in shootouts across his whole career. He has been. Um, and Jake DeBrus has also been successful this season and is a good, you know, 1v1s with the goalie. But people were having a fit. And I loved the next night when Pasta had a sick snipe in the game. In the Coyotes game, admin for the Bruins Twitter. I don't know if it's Elaine or if Eric does it or if somebody else does it. Posted a video of it and said, does everyone approve of this shot? <laughs> awesome. That was so funny. I love that so much. And people were upset about that, too. They were like, this is oh, so unprofessional. People hate fun. Shut the fuck up. They really this do. Is why everybody I... likes, this is why everybody likes the Coyotes admin. I know some people yeah. find the Vegas admin annoying. I actually like that one. I like the the, the Flyers admin is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I, I like these. I think it's funnier when they are engaged and clearly paying attention to what fans are talking about. It's better than it just being boring. Score, goal, score, goal. Right. Like, I like this personality. Um... But that's I just think that um, the the nine o'clock start was just way too fucking late for some of those people. Like, 
True. Like there people were people arguing them. online. Like it was wild. I, I so I fell asleep halfway through the game. Um, I ended up waking up at like four a.m. and watching the rest of it. Uh, for whatever reason, we should take away people's phone privileges if it gets too late. Um, after nine o'clock, you're all done. You children, yeah, you turn your phone off. Um, but anyway, Lauren, let's talk. PWHL because we are women and our opinions matter. Oh Despite yeah, they do. Say, Despite what some Despite may think. Some may Here we uh, are talking. Lauren, give me the rundown. All right. So we can start with some standings. Uh there are four teams that have played three games. There are two teams that have played one. So uh it's a little skewed. There was a cancellation. Here. There was an, there yes, was a cancellation, yes, everybody. Yes, 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 yes. There was a cancellation. Uh, so we start off with Minnesota, who has not lost a game yet. Uh, they are going to be, I think, a powerhouse. Um, and we're seeing it right now. I'm very interested to see, uh, how they continue on, uh, especially considering they have the number one draft pick. Um, they are followed by Montreal, New York, Toronto, Ottawa, and then <sighs> Boston. They played one game. Bah, bah. One game. So it was Ottawa, and Ottawa's was a overtime loss. So, uh, leading the way uh, in Minnesota is uh, Grace Swimwinkle, who is just so fun to watch and then uh taylor heisey she's also great you know number one obviously so minnesota has just points are pouring down for them uh and not to mention we're also following maddie rooney and nicole hensley two usa gals who are just like top tier goaltenders and ridiculously amazing um so do i think Minnesota has like the entire package. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, they have looked. Not to mention, exceptional. They have looked exceptional. A couple of those um, goals were nasty. Taylor's goal was stunning. Nasty. Um, yeah, so they shut out Montreal, um, and then Montreal beat New York five to two. Uh, so. I don't really know. New York's going to be an interesting team. I think they're going to be a floater. Um, Toronto, I have I have less faith in Toronto, um, and I'm really interested. I'm really interested, obviously, to see Boston, but also Ottawa because I think they also have a fighting chance to be a better team. Yeah, it's been a, a fun few weeks with women's hockey. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, if you have missed them. You can easily watch them on YouTube on the PWHL YouTube channel. Um, the next game, I believe, is Saturday. Yep. Uh, the next game is Saturday. We have actually two games. Uh, we have a Ottawa versus Toronto at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then a Boston versus Montreal. Very interesting at uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern. So let's see if a rivalry starts. 
I was about to say, there's some beefing. I I love the PWHL social admins. They've been awesome. First of all, they're, they're team dogs now. I forget. I think it was Montreal. Was it Ottawa? I think it was Montreal who posted their first one. And PWHL Boston followed it up with a picture of two team dogs. That was dope. Um, and But at any rate, there's been – it's awesome seeing the different admins interact with each other. I just think they've been having fun with it. and you know, generating attention for it and making people excited about it, which is a huge part of um, that. Lauren, you know what I will, I will, I want to hear your opinion on this because I've been seeing a lot of tweets about it. More meta, more of a meta question than an actual question mm, about the play. A meta question, yes. Which is about, you know, we've seen and we've talked about it too, so much discourse about you know, how important this is for young women and and young girls watching this and seeing so many people excited about it and how meaningful that is. But people have wanted, have sort of said we need to shift the narrative. First of all, I don't know why two things can't be true at once, but people are saying we have to focus less on that and focus more on, you know, adult women who, who never had this and, and women who are, you know, college age and, and didn't have this, women who are older and always wanted to watch something like this happen. What are your thoughts on people's people's take on that? I think it I think it is it is important to look back and you know see the players who did play in college and didn't have the means to play in like the PHF. Um because it was just uh at that point starting um to pay solid amounts of money because you know most most women at the beginning of the phf um slash nwhl were working multiple jobs and the travel was mostly on weekends so they were able to do that but you know some jobs like if you're theoretically a nurse or you're on call something like that you you just can't you, you can't afford that um so there, there definitely are a lot of female hockey players um, who should be celebrated and who should be, you know, like we, we should be looking at this as, look at, we have all these kids who should never from now on, from this point on, should never know a world without women's professional hockey. But we also have the people who have either directly or indirectly paved some sort of way for the players who are playing in the league right now as coaches, as parents, as friends, uh, teammates, whatever. Um, So yes, I I do think that there is an ability to gear the support for, for, for both women who are maybe, I don't know, my age and who have, you know, worked to try to grow the game because I mean, I've been a part of women's hockey life for years now. um, trying to, you know, amplify their voice um in the social media world and 
there have been so many other women who have done so many amazing things. And there have been players who I know I saw like a tweet the other day. It was like, oh, if I knew there was going to be a women's professional league uh, when I was in college, like I would have maybe tried harder, um, which I think is extremely valid. Right. Um, Cause it does. Obviously the PHF was around. It's kind of a sensitive topic to talk about because you don't want to invalidate. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. just be like, they weren't, they weren't around. So I didn't have any hockey to watch. Like, yes, they right. were around. The circumstances weren't the same. Um, it didn't seem, we were hoping that it would be a league to stay. Um, unfortunately it was not. And now, now that we have the ability to say that both leagues are combined, it does feel like it is a true league to stay because of all the backing that it has gotten, um, because of how controversial it used to be to back one league or the other. Um, so yeah, I do, I do think that we can do both. I, I don't understand why there has to be like a, uh, women versus kids thing. Like we should be pushing and, and gearing it towards the young girls, but I don't feel like, you know, as someone who has been hoping for this for years, I don't feel like it hasn't been geared towards me. Like I, if anything, I feel like when I when I watch these games, and I think about when I used to go to the CWHL games mm-hmm. in in Worcester, actually, I forgot. Oh that they yeah, played out of Worcester. Um, they were the Boston team, but they played out of Worcester. Um, it 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 makes it makes me feel happy knowing that these women are gonna get the or these these kids are gonna have a chance in the future um Mm -hmm. but it also you know it makes me feel happy that something that i have worked for for so long with you know many 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 other women like it's finally coming together and i don't see why we both can't be equally like feeling like the little kid inside of you is like watching hockey again like that's how I feel every time I watch a game so yeah Yeah. I don't see why not yeah and I think that I don't know I just think that in in the world not to get you know philosophic guy or whatever the fuck I said that one time but not to get so (laughs) philosophical um about it I just think that especially like with online with twitter and but just in general I think we often find ourselves trying to fit things like into an extreme like has to be this one specific way and you know you can't have the other thing and so I think we we have to sort of move away from that and think more about you know what this means just in general for women and women's sports and um, you know across ages that that whether you're really little and had never seen this happen before or you have been wanting for it to happen and you're older, you watch the PHF, um, you know, or the NWHL, like, I think it's just meaningful in its own right. And we don't, we don't have to do the, you know, the Olympics of who, who we should be more excited for. Um, but at any rate, I'm excited for myself. 
I'm excited that, for me. Like, yeah. like, Fuck like, you guys. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fuck every those time kids. I feel like, bro, every time I watch a game, I'm like on the verge of tears every time because, you know, mm-hmm. you see every time I see like a little girl, like I think about this one picture that my mom has of me that we can't find for shit. Like I've been trying to find it forever. Um, it's of me at a CWHL game and it's with my teammates and we're all, you know, just like watching the game like from the boards there 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 aren't even seats where we're sitting it's we're just watching like an angry yeah. dad behind the goalie yeah and it's like like that i like i don't want to make myself cry here but like that's okay, I, that's I why we we that's like that this is what we've been working for forever this is for right. the kids this is for the women this is for um, you know, the people who started women's hockey in the first place, all of the women's athletes, regardless of whether it's hockey or not, this mm-hmm. is for women, period. So everybody right. should be able to celebrate it and empathize with the fact that, yeah, you know what? I want to cry every time I see one of these yeah. girls play. And they, and you know what? They, they keep putting up these really, really emotional videos of girls saying that they could play and yeah yeah i cry every fucking time you know what i do but uh it's it's just me being an empath and i cry at everything i Um, love how you say that word yeah the 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 empath 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 there you go we got there empath 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 i'm gonna call it an empath i like that better all right do you queen um Um, but yeah little girls we were all little girls once that is true we all were (laughs) We all were. Um, even but yeah, <laughs> even the boys. <laughs> even the boys. Welcome to welcome to the girls club. Population us. Yeah. Um. Well, that said, Lauren, shall we get into our questions? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number one from somebody who did not give their name but said, "How unrealistic is it to trade away Allmark even when he's healthy?" This person, I think, sent it in before we knew the extent of the injury, which apparently is not terrible. Thank God. Um, We've talked about it before, and I'm saying we shouldn't do it. Is it something that I could see Don Sweeney doing because he's a fuck-ass? Yes. Should we do it? No. Lauren? I don't think he will. Yeah? I don't think he's got the balls. Sometimes he has the balls for the wrong things, though. No. I'm sometimes I'm just like put him away, Don. <laughs> put him away. Um I don't I don't think I don't think they would um whoa settings. I don't need you. Um uh the reason is there's no return uh that I could see them getting that is worth it. Um he you know very clearly is a starting goalie somewhere. And someone needs him. There are many teams that need him. Uh, but you know what? I'm not giving him to Edmonton unless they give me Connor McDavid. And uh, I don't know. Are they going to make that trade? Are they? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, so realistic. I mean, yeah, everything is realistic at this point. As we get close to the trade deadline, anything could happen. The Bruins could do some fuck shit like they always do. Uh, or Don Sweeney could pull another thing like he did last year where he actually made some good moves. 
I bet that they don't do anything. Or, or they could literally do nothing. And honestly, I, I would be okay with that. I literally think they're going to do nothing. That would be fine by me. Um, <laughs> Christian. <sighs> Anywho. So, yes. Um, uh, M. Verga on Twitter asks, Lauren, as a goalie, what kind of injury do you think Olmark had based on the position he was in? Well, we can start off by saying, unfortunately, not a terrible, terrible injury, but it was really unclear to me based on the way he stretched. Like, I don't know, you're a goalie. Like, I don't know, because again, it wasn't a contact injury. He stretched for a, to make a save. And I, at first I thought it was like his, like side or like his pectoral muscle or something. We've seen a lot of pectoral injuries this season. Um, but it seemed like when he was coming off the ice, it seemed like his leg. I'm going to go with, I think it would be a groin injury. Uh, yeah. Just because of the way that he moved, he like, it hit off his glove. He moved up kind of like a windmill movement. And I think that he moved too far to his right. And mm-hmm. I think that overextended where his groin is. Um, yeah. That is such an easy injury to get. Uh, especially as a goalie, if you've gotten it once before, I've torn my groin. Uh, so I, I am very, like, I, I I get groin injuries all the time. And they are oh. extremely painful um, and very awkward. And that's why when I saw him, you know, being skated off the way that he was without moving and the, mm-hmm. the small steps that he took to get from the yeah. ice onto um, where he would walk to the locker room that reminded me of like when I have hurt myself at practice I, I did like the same thing and like I, I I could skate myself off um, and I'm sure he would have been able to as well mm-hmm. if you know he had to um, but I do think like the walking the minimal movements because when you take a big step with I think it would have been his like the left side um, of his yeah. body. Uh, he was, you know, you know, taking those really small steps. And I think that that would be very indicative. Indicative? Yeah. Indicative? Sure. Yeah. Indicative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure if I made up that word. Of a groin injury. Um, it's just so common and so yeah. inevitable. Yeah. And and they did say lower body. Um and it, you're totally right that, like, you know, we saw him not being able to skate off, but it wasn't like you sometimes see when somebody will injure, like, you know, their knee on one side or something. It was like he was very much, like, feet together. They were, like, moving him off, um, mm-hmm. which would make sense if it was, you know, something either, like, in the groin or uh, in the hips or whatever. So, um, but, yeah, fortunately, not as bad as it seems. Who knows? We know that, like, during the the playoffs this season, he was dealing with an aggravated it, something was aggravated in his lower body and it you know could have been that again um mm-hmm. it, it could have been, been anything, a knee too knee yeah it um, been anything. but but i you, think usually with with a knee you like don't want to put any pressure on it so i think right. he, like like you were saying about when p- players usually skate off they usually skate off with like the injured leg a little bit elevated or yeah um you know the skate dragging on the ice i just don't right. think it was it wasn't like that um so it i did yeah it seemed it seemed more of a, a full something that was more affecting both sides, especially like when he laid he was out laid out on the ice for a while, and it you know seems like 
often if a player like has a knee or something, they're gripping one thing, but he seemed very mm-hmm. like it was just no movement was going to be good for him. Um, but thank God, yeah. whatever it was is not that serious. As far as we know, I am perfectly fine with him. As long as Swayman, we can keep Swayman healthy. I don't even care if we switch off Swayman and Bussy. I'd much rather. I think they should. Yeah. I would much rather, because first of all, we're in a fine position. It would take a lot, and I'm knocking on wood here, for us to not make the playoffs. And I know it's Mm -hmm. been great being first in the Atlantic. It's been a lot of fun. But we have said from day one, I don't need to be first in the Atlantic. We did that last year. I hated it. I hated how it ended. Um, So if, if, you know, we can give Bussy experience, if we have to rely on Swayman more, and we end up second we end up third i don't even give a fuck if we end up as a wild card as long as we get in i still trust us at full strength to beat anybody that that you put in front of us in a seven game series that's the thing too you you think about after after tonight's game you have the blues and then you have the devils like why wouldn't you put him in at least at least one of those games to like see what you have because theoretically if you're going to keep Olmark and you're going to keep Swayman, you're going to have to get rid of him. <laughs> get rid of Bussy. So he he is like one of the major uh, tradable players that we have on uh, the Bru- Providence Bruins right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because he has been playing pretty well. Um, so why not let him in and try and see what he has and potentially raise his stock by True. playing in an NHL game. I feel bad. Um, I feel like we're raising a lamb for slaughter here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, bus man. But uh, it's business, baby. It's all business, baby. Yeah, um, <laughs> I agree. So I, I would be perfectly fine with that. So again, I don't want to rush Allmark back. Whatever we have to do drop places in the standings as long as we make the playoffs that's okay with me i know that it will take it will all be freaking out the entire time and we'll all be pissed and terrified but we've seen this team at full strength we've seen the success they have even when they have a piece or two missing i think we have to trust in that that even if we slip because we're missing a lot of people and we are missing a lot of people that we trust that at full strength we will you know thrive um what if I was to tell you that the hospital Bruins are actually good? <laughs> I mean, they're still better than a lot of teams. Like, I feel like they've been the hospital Bruins for like two years now. This is true. Um, but I will say, this is not a Bruins pod. Um, <laughs> uh, Philly asked a great question. Wanted us to discuss Nylander's contract, ex- contract extension. Um, Philly said how he doesn't really know him very well. So was it an overpay? Who would you compare him to in the NBA, Grace, or in the NFL, Lauren? Um, I have an immediate phenomenal comparison um, that I think a lot of Boston fans listening will know. A great example is Jalen Brown um, and the frustration that a lot of people have shown after he signed the Supermax contract um, because arguably he's not our best player. Now, do I think William Nylander is making a case this season that he is our best player or is the Leafs' best player? Yes. But when people think about the Leafs, they typically go to Austin Matthews, one of the best American players to ever play the game, a scoring threat from anywhere. Um, 
that's typically who they think of in the same way that as Boston Celtics fans. Although I'm not a great, happy Boston Celtics fan right now because we're losing 105 to 64. Um, uh, we think of Jason Tatum as, you know, the star. Not that we think of all of our starters as stars, but, you know, in the sense that he's sort of the guy that we know is like in the MVP conversation all the time, is always really just the one that we rely upon. But there's this other person who is really, really good. Um, but then there's a question of, did we overpay them? People are going to be angry about it. Leafs fans are angry about it. Other people are going to make fun of it every time he doesn't do good enough and say, ha you overpaid. Um, that's a very similar thing. Lauren, can you think of anybody in the NFL? NFL is so specialty. Like that's so real. There's, there's not anybody that's like, like, I can't, I don't want to compare him to like a quarterback or like, right. I, I, I just had a great comparison. So you're never competing with this. I just did a great comparison with Jalen Brown. That was phenomenal. I've been cooking that one up all day just since I read that tweet an hour ago. I'm glad, I'm glad you know about? how to pat yourself on the back. Yeah. I never said I was modest. What part of any of this has seemed modest in the time that you've known me? Knowed me. Oh my god. That was fucked up. <laughs> I am really not okay that I just said that. In the time that you have known me. In the time that I knowed you. Stupid, Grace. You're stupid. You're stupid. You suck. That was so <laughs> funny. That was bad. I wrote a book. I'm an ice cream cone. Lauren's gonna go get a nice. All right, well, I'm, I'll go get a. I don't know. I'll go get something. That is adorable. I used to fuck so hard with those. I would demolish like nine of them in a row. The Trader Joe's ones. Oh, I was thinking like the dumb dumb. I guess the ones I'm thinking of were didn't have the coating on top. Those are from Trader Joe's. That looks amazing. I would kill for one of those. So cute. They come in like a pack of eight or something. I should run over to Trader Joe's. That looks awesome. I guess. Love Trader Joe's. I look. I have this thing about Trader Joe's. Which is that it gets lumped in with like Whole Foods as like a pretentious, like uppity place, but the prices are actually very good. Whereas at Whole Foods, things are really expensive. I don't like them. And Trader Joe's is very good for vegetarians. So, oh, great. I have like always appreciated that. Um, They're in there. They're, um, they're because I'm a woman and I can't cook. uh, They're, um, Frozen food is really good. And mm-hmm. it's like most of them like aren't horrible for you. And like they have like the cauliflower stuff. I don't know if you ever had that. Um the veggie fried rice. Yeah. All that shit. It's just so good. But yeah, so shout out Trader Joe's, TJ's slaps. I love <laughs> their stuff. I also love I've I really enjoy like when I went to, you know, when I moved down to Jacksonville, um, like there's a Trader Joe's nearby that I would go to. And I love if you're like a craft beer person, like you like, you know, cool like craft beers. They always have like local beers in that section that you can like get one of those mm-hmm. like little carriers and like choose individual cans and put them in. So I like that I could go, I made a like a, on one of my first weeks there, I made a trip and I just got like six different like Jacksonville brewed beers to try. Um, which was cool because like I there are beers that you couldn't get, you know, up north. So they always have like a cool section for that this is a trader joe's commercial last week it was peloton this week it's a trader joe's commercial um 
Remember when? Um, remember when I almost? <laughs> you guys didn't see it, but Lauren just dropped her ice cream. What did you say? I almost flew to come see you. I, I know. I wish. I wish you had because we should have known we were going to be friends for life. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, with us, it was such an instant connection. It was like, I still to this day wish I could find our very first interactions, but it was so immediate. I went immediate. back pretty far, and we were, like, we were still really close by the time. Right. Like, when it stopped, and I couldn't get to any more, like, we were like, I love you so much. I love you so yeah, much. Yeah, we were, like, we've been, as long as I can remember, like, people would post those, like, who's the other mutual you associate me with or whatever. And I remember from the first time I ever saw those, I was like, I can't post this because everybody's just going to say Lauren. It's always Grace and Lauren. Um, which is funny. I love that we're a package deal uh, in a lot yep. of people's minds. I pinned that tweet of... Uh, oh, that. Oh, can we talk about that for a second? The fact that I found a picture of Jeremy Swayman in the exact same position as me. Awesome pick. Yeah, that was awesome i knew i had to post that on our on our podcast account because it was so perfect i know you guys it are was, wear, you're wearing like your unh he's wearing the U main thing it was perfect. we're rivals how you, it's so how did you fucking, find that so i just so i looked up jeremy swayman because i knew i was going to post it and i wanted to post it with a picture of him and his goalie stuff and there was like this article and i look I, I i like scrolled past it really fast I was like, oh yeah, like I forgot that he wore like the CCMs with, with light, the light blue CCMs. I really like those pads. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I screenshotted it and I went back to my picture and then went back to his picture, went back to my picture. And I, I keep doing it because it's just, it's, it looks so cool. Um, Like uh, his positioning is so much better than mine. <laughs> like, like his glove is so much better than mine. His stick is so much better than mine. But it's just fucking hilarious. But I'm I'm a captain though, Jeremy. So that that is true. Um. Uh, all right, we had a few more questions. <laughs> <laughs> they never know. You never know how much we cut out of these episodes. <laughs> um. So somebody asked me, Tim M. Wicked updates on Instagram. Twitter, sorry, Twitter. Um, Twitter. Do you think the it's a nice little NFL uh, tie-in? Do you think the idea of Bill Belichick influenced the other teams in the city to step up and do what so many of them hadn't since the '70s and before, till the Patriots started having their success with him at the helm? Do we potentially also, as a city, slide back to that? Honestly, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a really good like um, point about that we did sort of see a lot of these teams that had not seen success in a long time. Obviously there was the curse in, in at Fenway. Um, and then Patriots not being that good. Obviously the Bruins didn't win until 2011. Um, Celtics didn't win until 2008. Uh, we did sort of see all of that happen at once. I think it was probably just a coincidence, but it is interesting that, it did sort of happen with Bill Belichick, you know, now 24 years later, he's no longer, for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Bill, Bill Belichick is no longer with the Patriots as of today. Um, I don't know, Lauren, what do you think? I feel like, like, New England, Boston in particular, had so many influential figures at mm. one time that I don't want to, like, point and be like, 
Bill Belichick was the start of everything because, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much the sports overlap, as in, like, you know, like talking from because I know the Bruins posted something about Belichick today. Um, I know, like, he's skated with them, like when they had the Winter Classic, uh, which is so funny to think about him on yep. skates. Uh, but uh, he can skate. Um, so I don't really know how much these coaches are, like, actually communicating, like, actively communicating. That would be interesting to think about, because I know Belichick also commented when Cassidy was let go, he commented on him and, like, his style of coaching. Mm -hmm. I could see, I could see Belichick and Cassidy getting along pretty well, to be honest. That's Um, so real. So, you know, I don't know, but that's a really good question. Tim has Tim always has some good uh good input. Yeah, I and I we did see Jim Montgomery make some comments um just like saying like that he was you know, glad that Bill Belichick had seen the success he had. That he was a big figure in Boston sports, which he obviously has been. Um So it is interesting it is to like- think about is he saying that just to like say that, or like is he saying that because he knows, that? like you know what I mean, like yeah. <laughs> like that, like because obviously you like kind of have to say something about somebody that's been that dominant in like you know your region, regardless of the sport. Um, but like, does he actually know how Bill does his stuff? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe they text every night. We won't know that. Like, I'm not here to speculate. <laughs> yeah, I think they text every night. Nah, Jim Montgomery, I love... He just doesn't seem like he would vibe with Bill Belichick because Jim Montgomery's so, you know, cute and goofy and Bill Belichick's, like, just stone cold, you know? Yeah, rah! Um, <laughs> the I other question... Go ahead, read, read the question, which I feel like we're not very good to answer this because... No, but I have a story. Oh, okay, go ahead, read the question. I don't know if I've told you this story. Alright, so the question, the first part of the question is... Um, so it's from JD at JIMD2882. Um, is there a difference between buffalo chicken mac and cheese and buffalo mac and cheese with chicken? I don't think so. I feel like I've seen people use it interchangeably. Thoughts? Input? I When people say buffalo chicken mac and cheese and buffalo mac and cheese with chicken, I, I assume, honestly, I never really hear anybody say buffalo mac and cheese with chicken. Yeah. But I will say I love buffalo sauce, but obviously I can't eat chicken, so I would love if they would just make a buffalo. I know they made one that's like cauliflower, and it is pretty good, but like I would just like a mac and cheese regular mac and cheese buffalo sauce which i understand i could very easily make on my own but for the purposes of this i'm pretending that i can't um all right so my story i am a sophomore at the university of new hampshire and i am going to get food from one in the dining halls and my sophomore year was the covid year um so The food was very limited. Um, The first few weeks was literally just like you could get pasta and that's it. 
and that was like the worst thing ever because yeah we were eating we're like the best the best food in new hampshire um but i think that's a lie anyways so when they had any like anything else other than like spaghetti it was like a delicacy so my roommate lily she says to me oh my god they have mac and cheese today and i was like let's go like it's perfect we'll go up we'll get mac and cheese and then we'll come back and we'll eat in our rooms because we couldn't sit in the dining hall because they Mm. wouldn't let us you know yep so i go in i see it it says mac and cheese uh it says buffalo mac and cheese and then it says vegetarian and i'm like oh sick um so i get it and we go back and we're eating at our table and I, like, chew something, and I'm like, maybe it's tofu. Like, I like I don't know. And Lily looks at me, and she goes, Lauren, this is chicken. And I was like, I think you're right. And at that oh. point, I had, like, eaten, like, a little bit of it. Not, maybe, like, half of it. Because it said on the board that it was vegetarian, so like who who was I to think that it wasn't? Yeah, yeah why would you question it? I was like, it's just tofu, right? Um, so I like she she like ate another piece and she was like, yeah, this is not vegetarian. Like this is this is chicken, and I'm pissed. So I I call I storm down. I there. call I call them. I said, do you know that you're serving chicken to vegetarians and? The person didn't care. They were like, "Oh yeah, we'll take we'll we'll, we'll take the the vegetarian off the menu." Jesus like, Christ. Okay, so I spent because I haven't at this point I haven't eaten chicken in at least ten years. Um, so when I do get like massive cross contamination, I just throw up. Um, mm. So I'm just I'm just sitting at the toilet for like the next two hours. Because I literally can't keep it down anymore because oh, my, my body just isn't accommodated to it. Uh, so yeah, that was the time that UNH fed me chicken and said that it was vegetarian mac and cheese. Well, I have a very that reminds me of a very funny story before we sign off for the evening. Oh, actually, there was one more question from Jim who asked that question. But so my ex boyfriend, um, not um, the ex boyfriend that I talk about sometimes named Hunter. Uh, different boyfriend his name was thomas it's not important the story he's not gonna listen um so but thomas i went to visit i went to stay at his house with his family uh just outside of washington dc his mom was this very strict stern not strict she was just very like she was a really really successful lawyer at this really big law firm that was very successful so she was just like i really wanted to impress her i really wanted her to like me like i'd met her before but now i was staying at her house so think about thomas's his family had a lot of money, so they actually had a guest house in back. So I stayed out in the guest house. So his mom one night is like the first night is like, I'm gonna make your favorite meal for Thomas, um, which was this like stir fry. So Thomas was Chinese and it was this this like Chinese dish that her mom had had passed down. Um, but she was very care she knew I was a vegetarian, so she was very careful about it. This was like after my freshman year of college. She was really careful about it. it. Was like she had set off a separate because usually it had meat in it, but she had a separate side off that didn't have meat in it or anything for me. And she said to 
to Thomas. We're sitting in the kitchen doing something while she's making it um, or helping out. What I don't remember what was happening. This was like six years ago. And she said to Thomas, should I put oyster sauce in creases? Thomas looked at me and I was like, I don't, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, it's, and I was like, it doesn't have oysters in it. Right. And he was like, no, it's just, it's called oyster sauce because you sometimes dip oysters in it. Now you all might be thinking what I'm thinking right now. I'll tell you, I wasn't thinking that at the time, uh, which is that doesn't sound right, but I didn't question it. So she put the oyster sauce in, made it. It was very good. I enjoyed it. I was great. I go to bed that night. I'm out in my house. I wake up in the middle of the night in like a sweat. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to throw up. I go to the bathroom. I throw up. I'm just like, I cannot stop throwing up. So finally, like mid, like halfway through throwing up, and I know I'm going to keep throwing up. I sprint inside. It's the middle of the night. I run up and I had just looked up on my phone that oyster sauce, believe it or not, does have oysters in it. Sprint upstairs. Because not only am I a vegetarian, I have never eaten seafood. I've never eaten mm-hmm. anything from the ocean ever. So even though I used to eat meat, I've never had anything from the ocean. And I get in and I, I just remember this so vividly, me waking Thomas up and he's like, what? You know, like, what? And I was like, oyster sauce has oysters in it. And then I sprinted into the bathroom to go and throw off some more. <laughs> it was so was bad. so it was good. Awful. And I was like, you can't tell your mom. But of course he told his mom and it was this, I felt terrible, but it wasn't my fault. It was Thomas's fault because he's an idiot. Like his mom wouldn't know that I didn't eat any sort of seafood. So even if she knew there was oysters in it, like she wouldn't have thought of that. Like I could have been a pescatarian. Yeah. Um, fully blame Thomas for that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was my crazy story. All right, but let's go to Jim's other um, question. All right. Jim also said... Rank your Bruins remaining all-star candidates out of McAvoy, Swayman, Olmark, Coyle, Marshan, JVR, Zaka. Lauren. This is personal. This is a this is a it comes from inside. But I also think that my personal opinion is the same as what I think it should actually be if we're going, you know, for like by skill here. Mm-hmm. All right. Who would you put at number one? Swim. I'm with you. All right. We're same on swimming. Who would you go to next? I feel like he could go two or three, but I, I'd probably go Olmark. So I would also say Olmark. Just because I think based on the season right now, if we're doing this based on how they mm-hmm. are this season, I would put Olmark second just in terms of who have been our best players. I think it's Swaymark. Swaymark. Swayman <laughs> Olmark. But in theory, Swaymark. Real <laughs> Swaymark. Swayman Olmark. Uh... Um, have both been the best. Swayman may be slightly better this season, but Allmark, I just think, mm-hmm. has been also unstoppable. Um, okay, now I might get a little, I might get a little controversial here. What's your number three? Mm-hmm. Um, am I crazy if I go coil? So no, that's not crazy. And I thought about that. That's not what I was going to say, but that's, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm going to say Marshawn. For this season. Even though he had a little slump, I just think that he has produced and produced at times when mm-hmm. nobody else is producing. Always when we need him, that's my captain and I love him. So he's my number three. Um, but to be fair, I think my number four would be Coyle. But the problem is, like, I think the reason that Coyle to me is an all-star is not for the stuff that they're measuring all-stars by. 
you know, it's not yeah. by necessarily, it's by puck battles, assists, um, just, you know, face off wins and stuff. So that's why Coyle would be my number four. Who's your number four? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about his consistency too, because I feel like this season in particular, he has been way more mm-hmm. consistent than we've seen in the past. I think um, this is his best season I've ever, I've seen out of oh, him. Oh, I agree. Ever. Yeah. Um, my four. This is a hard bunch to pick from, because uh, I don't think any of them deserve to be last. Um, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Marshan for this one. Yeah, I'm. My next at five. I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say JVR. But mm-hmm. that doesn't. That's not to say that I don't think Zaka has also been great. I think JVR has just been a little more consistent. Um, and then Matt, like ev- you guys know, Matt was my favorite player. I know I had this this Danton Heinen thing, this fixation, and I love Danton Heinen more than anything. But just like Charlie McAvoy is my favorite Bruin. Um, but this season, I just don't. We haven't seen the Charlie McAvoy that we always see, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's a terrible thing. Like nobody's gonna be perfect every single season, and I still think he's one of the de- best defensemen in the game. And there's nobody else I would rather have on my team. I just don't think that he's producing at the All Star level we've seen in the past. Yeah, I I think for this one. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Zaka for this one. Zaka as your before JVR. Yeah, yeah. I think that for me it's JVR McAvoy. I don't know Zaka and McAvoy for me could go either way on those last two. But what about you? What are your last two? I'm gonna go JVR then McAvoy. I I just yeah. like, like exactly what you said. I just I not there's nothing against McAvoy. Obviously, um, he's a great player. But I feel like to be a defenseman in the All Star game, you have you to be an Eric Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have to be uh, you know, not I'm not gonna say point per game defenseman, but you know, pretty close. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I don't think he deserves to be last. Um, but when you're talking about a group of well, first of all, the two goalies that are the only reason why you're doing well. Yeah. Plus, um, a bunch of players who, you know, m- maybe like like JVR, you didn't really know what to expect. Zaka, you didn't really know what to expect, and mm. exceeded expectations. Um, so maybe it's just the fact that Charlie McAvoy is just really consistent. And I was gonna say we we've, we've we've had this high expectation of him that of course. The moment we see a tiny drop in stats or him mm-hmm. not looking exactly as he always did, we're going to hold him to a, you know, we're going to be harsher on him, higher standard here, um, which I agree. Yeah, I think that like JVR and, and Zaka have just, you know, we we could never have anticipated they would be like this. Um, but mm-hmm. Jim, you didn't ask, but number one on my list is Danton Heinen. So above the goalies, above everybody. I I love him. Um, you did ask, and my number one was Jeremy Swayman. Yes, I. Uh, there you go. Um, Bruins don't look terrible right now. It's super weird seeing Boquist with pasta out there. He's he's looked pretty well. I I, I thought he I thought fine. he has looked good. Yeah, and he did get his first as a Bruin the other night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow, that was a crazy cool shot by. Uh, I can't tell who that is on the Knights. Um, I also can't tell. Do you know who's in goal for the Knights right now? 
Um, it is. Who's their backup to their backup? Because Thompson's out and Hill is out. I oh, know it's Thompson. He's playing. Oh, it is. I did see he was like day to day, so maybe he could be back. Yeah. Well, good for him. I love Logan Thompson. Isaiah uh, Seville. He's from. Hmm. He's from Alaska. He's there. Um, oh. Third. Weird. I had no idea. He went to uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha. Wow, these Alaskan goalies—they got something. Yeah. Um. Oh. <gasps> very, very close to a goal. Like, concerning. Ooh. Happened so much on the Bruins. Somebody on the Knights just took a slap shot to their own leg, to, to from their own player, onto their leg, and was hurting pretty bad. Um, seen that happen a lot on our team. <laughs> I know it's the. It's so scary. Got to be the worst way to get hurt. I mean, I yeah. would never put my body in front of a 90 mile per hour slap shot. So it's funny. Uh, today we were. I I'm taking biochemistry again, and um, one of my friends was like, "Do you remember this when you took biochem in undergrad?" And I was like, "I'm gonna be honest, dude. When I was taking bio biochem, I got." like the worst concussion I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any of that year. Like there there are two years in my life that I really do not remember. It is my sophomore year in high school and it is Oh see? See? See ya Um yeah that 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 actually just took me out. I'm done. I'm I'm done for. <laughs> Sorry guys I just showed Lauren a picture just we were just talking about the the goalie for um, the backup goalie for the the Knights being this guy from Alaska, and the Knights posted a super cute picture of him and Jeremy Swayman together, and straight out of Anchorage, so cute. I'm telling you, I love the I love the Knights admin. I do love the Knights admin too. They're so cute. That is awesome. What a great great pick of them. Um, but what were you saying? Yeah, you had a bad concussion. Yeah. Six, actually. Um, <laughs> I was saying the two years that I don't remember are my sophomore year of high school and a little bit of my first semester junior. Junior, I thought someone just got scored on. That was terrifying. I know. Uh, well, I don't know where buffered. you might be. You might be a second behind me or a second ahead of me. My thing buffered, and I was like, okay. Mom just texted me hello. Like, what the f just hello? She texted she texted me at 9:47. Hi Lauren, how was your day? And then she texted me no. hello. Hello. Well, it to be fair, fine. we have no questions left. Long. And I believe that we're going to go watch this game. Lauren might study. I'm not going to do that. That doesn't sound like fun. Um <sighs> Although if you're a future employer of mine and you're listening, I'm going to study so hard. Well, I watched this Bruins game. But you've been Lauren, studying for three hours now. Yeah, great, great pod. Lauren, parting thoughts for our incredible listeners. Water is polar and the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Shut the fuck up. Gross. Well, I guess also I learned I learned how to do retinoscopy today. And that's basically that? when uh, when you go to the eye doctor and they take the thing 
and they hold it up and they go back and forth with your eyes. Mm, yep, yep. And yep, that's yep. when they're like estimating your prescription. I learned how to what do are that they today. Looking for in there? Pretty fun. Uh, so it's actually pretty sick. Um, oh God, what did I just get myself into? Um, so what happens is you're shining a light and you're looking through this little hole. And uh, so when you look through the hole, you will see the you eyes. Mean a hole to... in the tool, not in your in, eye, right? In the tool, in the tool. In the yeah. Tool. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're looking through a tool at someone else's eye, and you basically you go back and forth depending on like what axis it's on. This is going to be a really simplified explanation. Um, so That's fine. I you could be know. on basically any, any axis, but so say you start horizontally and you're going up. So then you're on axis 180. Um, you will see the light go on the pupil as a streak. And so the streak will either be with your movement. So as you're moving up, you'll see the streak move up as well. Or it will be against your movement, which will mean that as you're going up, the streak moves down. So when you have it going against you put a minus lens in front of the eye. And then when you have it going with, you put a plus lens in front of the eye. And it's pretty sick because you get to neutralize it. And then you write out the prescription that you got. And it should be pretty close to the prescription that you actually prescribe when you put them in the four-opter. The big hmm. thing, yeah, the big thing where they go, they go yeah. number one, one or two. One or two. two. All two. I can think about is that Family Guy episode. I don't even know what I'm thinking of, but they've now it's become a meme on TikTok where they go number one <laughs> and number two. Um, well, that's very that's not all we do. I swear. I believe you. I have I, I haven't even done that yet, and I'm a semester in. So. Um, what well, are your ideas? I, I can give you a fun legal fact. Okay, I'm waiting. My headphones are about to die, so I better do it fast. <laughs> um, uh, uh, in in evidence, I already knew this because I did mock trial in undergrad, but we were just talking about it today in evidence that a fact is relevant if it has a tendency to make a fact more or less probable than it would be without the evidence, and the fact is of consequence in determining the outcome uh, of the case. And that's Rule 401 in the Federal Rules of Evidence. Okay. So take that. Go hither. What an enlightening episode this has been. <laughs> I don't even know how I'm going to wade through all of our bullshit during it. Have but fun. Well, thank you all for listening. We love you all so dearly. Have a wonderful Monday or whenever you listen to this. And guess what, fuckers? We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.